I'm so excited today because I'm teaching in one of my favorite things. Really excited. Um, one of my favorite things ever is, uh, we, you release fire kids too, right? I was in the washroom. Yeah. We're good? Okay. So um, I'm just excited because I am going to talk today with you guys about a certain kind of spending time with the Lord. So I'm sure you guys have heard of it before, but um, meditation, contemplation, that kind of terminology. I'm just going to start a bit of a beginner lesson into that. And if you already know this kind of stuff, just see it as a little refresher course. But for those of you it's new to, it'll help kind of just introduce a bit the power of uh, waiting on the Lord, okay? And just uh, being still and knowing that he is God. So that's what I'm going to dive into a little bit today. But before I get there, I just want to start by praying. So God, we just thank you for your presence here today. And we just thank you for your words. And I just pray that your words would flow through me and that it would just be you speaking, God, that you would speak to your people. Whoa, that you would tell them anything that they need to hear because it's your voice that is just so powerful and your words that are life that are in our spirit. So thank you for your words today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Okay, and I'm doing it old school style today. I find that I get a little distracted when I try to use the PowerPoint. So I'm going to do um, journal and Bible. Like my, my sermon notes are actually in my journal today. So, um, But if you guys want to follow along in either a Bible or on your smartphone, however you want to do, I'm not going to have them up there. So we're going to have to look um, on your... But it would be great if you would follow along with me. So I'm not going to open up to this verse, but... Um, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Can you guys tell me? What? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay, so you guys know them pretty much. Um, it d- depends on your Bible version, right, on what words you say. <laughs> it's so funny, because but it's the same, same thing essentially. Now, um, one of the things that it means to be... Uh, spiritual. I don't know if you've ever thought of what does it mean to actually be spiritual. One of the things it actually means is to be just filled with the spirit, right? So when I think of the word spiritual, I think about something kind of abstract and something that's not necessarily related with Christianity, but to be spiritual is actually to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be spiritual people, to be communing with the Holy Spirit and to be one with Holy Spirit is is true spirituality. And one of the ways that we can tell how we're doing spiritually is the spiritual gifts, right? So we can actually look at our lives and say, how are we doing with these certain gifts? So I'm just asking you personally, how are you doing with love? How are you doing with joy? How are you doing with peace? Are you seeing these fruits of the spirit in your life? And if you're feeling like these certain, if there's certain fruits of the spirit that are um, quenched right now, then maybe there's something that you can, you know, a little twerk to your path, a little change that will actually just help you be f- more filled. Now, you can't make yourself filled with the Holy Spirit, but we can do things that kind of set aside time for Holy Spirit to come and fill us more, right? So we can't make anything happen. We can't make ourselves more spiritual, but we, there is a part that we play, which is taking that time and spending that time with him to become more filled with the Spirit, right? So I'm going to focus specifically on the fruit of spirit, uh, the fruit of the spirit of peace, and I'm going to talk about 
uh, one of the ways that you actually are filled with peace, okay? So um, it's kind of... It's kind of a hard word to define peace, but for me, a spiritual peace is, is that, that knowing that everything is going to be okay, that knowing that, that whatever's going on in the world around you, whatever your circumstances are, whatever, however you feel, whatever it is, it's, that everything's going to be okay. And that peace that surpasses understanding guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And one of the ways... Um, that we cultivate our peace is by actually contemplating the Lord. So I'll get to a scripture that confirms that, but that's one of the ways that we, co- we cultivate that peace is actually we spend time just thinking about the Lord in that place of peace, and we just wait on the Lord, and we wait for his presence. We, we get filled with the spiritual fruit of peace. We get filled with the Holy Spirit, and we actually become more peaceful. You guys agree with that? It's true, right? So... Um, One of the reasons why the fruit of the spirit of peace is so important right now, if you guys will turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 21, verse 26. If you'll just turn with me, it'll take me a minute too, because I'm going to turn in my Bibles. Okay, Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Actually, we'll start in verse 25. And this is talking about the last days. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in cloud and power and great glory. So before the, before the end times, it's talking about an actual fear that's coming upon mankind, that we're going to see an increase of fear and anxiety upon people. So if it's true, or if we're supposed to live like we're in the last days, then this is something that we have to protect ourselves from. And the way that you keep yourself from anxiety and from fear is by peace. So one of the reasons why it's so important in these times when there's so many things going on in the world, in the, in the, in the, even with the elections, and now there's all these riots, and just so many things that are happening um, in wars in, in different places in, in the world going on, that we protect ourselves from fear by being filled with peace. So one of the ways, like I said, that we cultivate this peace is by spending time contemplating God. So in a, in a, in a sweet place of meditation, in prayer. So it's a certain kind of prayer that I'm going to be talking about, which is just the silent prayer. It's where you don't say anything at all and that you just close your eyes and you don't even necessarily speak anything at all. Okay. And it's so important. And the reason why I'm talking about it, because even if you have heard about it or have practiced it yourself, being reminded of it and being reminded of the importance and being asked, are you doing this? on a continual basis is just a really good reminder for us as people because it's so easy to get distracted by the million other things going on in our life that we forget to take that time. So even if you're feeling like, okay, I know about this, like just um, let it be a reminder to you of how important it is, okay? So, of course, you guys all know um, this verse probably, but we're going to go to it. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 3. Begin to turn in your Bibles. So old school. 
<laughs> laughing at me because I called it old school. This is the way we used to do it. We would actually turn in our Bibles together. And I'm just joking because here at Catch the Fire, we always have the, David always has the verses on the screen. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 3. No. Oh my gosh. I wrote the wrong verse. Okay. Uh, if you guys know where this is, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you guys know where that is in Proverbs? Isaiah 26.3. That's why. <laughs> Put Proverbs. This is Isaiah 26.3. Sorry, guys. So um, I'll just read it for now. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So how do you keep, how do you stay in perfect peace? You keep your mind on him because you trust in him, right? So you keep your mind on him. What does it mean to keep your mind on him? It means to contemplate him. It means to think about him. And so you keep your mind on him. It actually keeps you in per perfect peace. So this will actually keep us from anxiety and will actually make your life authentically better, like, I can't explain to you the, the fruit of just this contemplative prayer that I'm talking about today in my own life, but I'll share a little bit about it, but it's just so powerful when you actually make this a, you know, every other day or daily practice in your life. It will actually bring you peace, and that peace really will um, transmit to everything that you do, like everything that you do. Um, and, and you don't even realize sometimes that you don't have that peace until you go after it. And then you have that peace and it's like, wow, like, <laughs> this is so much better. <laughs> I like living life with peace. And so it's just a good heart check of, uh, are you spending this time waiting on the Lord? So Psalm, um, Psalm 46 verse 10, you guys don't have to go to this one, but that's the be still and know that he is God. And it says right after that he is going to be exalted among the nations. So you're, so you're being still and you're knowing that he's the winner. That God's going to win in every circumstance, right? Because right after that it says he's exalted among the nations. So you're being still and acknowledging his lordship in your life and his lordship over all of the earth and all the circumstances. When, so when you think about how he is going to win in everything that's going on in the world, how can you, have, how can you not have peace? It's like, how can you have anxiety about anything when you actually believe that, he, that his lordship is actually going to consume the entire world? And when you think about it from that perspective, no matter what goes on around you, you'll be prepared because you'll be ready with that knowing of his power and his ability to make all the wrong things right. And then anxiety and worry just doesn't even exist anymore. So actually focusing on the lordship of Christ in every circumstance, focusing on the lordship of Christ in the U.S., focusing on the lordship of Christ in, you know, Canada, in uh, all the different countries in the world that are fighting, how God is going to make everything work for the good of those who love him, that when you actually focus on that, you, you bring more peace into your heart and it overcomes the anxiety. Thank you, God. Um, in Isaiah 26, verse 20, you don't have to turn this one to this one either, but it says, hide yourselves for a little while, uh, while the wrath goes by. And it's specifically talking um, in that passage about hiding yourself from, from the wrath that's coming on the world in actual physical ways, but it's, he says, uh, go into your chambers, 
go into the secret place or your chambers and hide yourself for a little while, that you're actually safe from all of the things that are going on around you. So it's not just the wars and the big things, the, the big problems in the world, it's actually your little problems. That when you spend that time hiding in the secret place of, of your heart and with the Lord, all of your problems won't seem like a big deal anymore because you're with the Lord in the secret place and they can't touch you. It's like you're in this safe place with the Lord and all of the worries and all of the cares, they just don't even affect you. They just, it's like they're out here and you're in here all safe with Jesus and everything else is out here and you live in this place of peace and you walk in this place of peace and you bring it with you everywhere you go and people can see it. They can see like, wow, like, you know, things aren't shaking you up the way they're shaking me up. It's like these things are happening. Why aren't you concerned? Why? It's like, oh, because... Because I serve the God of the universe, and he's going to make everything wrong right. And I know that in the depths of me. So this spending time in the contemplative place is like spending time meditating on that fact that he is God, and he is going to make all the wrong things right. So when you do that, when you make that just a continual part of your meditation, a continual part of your thought process, nothing can shake you. It's just amazing. So in the word of God, it talks about specific meditation on different things. It talks specifically about meditation on his word, meditation on his ways, meditation on his acts, meditation on his lordship, and meditation on your own ways. So there's some other things that it talks about in meditation, but I just wanted to go through some of the different things that it talks about in the Bible that you can actually meditate on. But I want to make it clear that even though the... the uh, new Age movement, and they're all saying, you know, you got to clear your mind and not think about anything at all, and then that's how you reach, you know, a place of enlightenment, um, in a sense. We're not, nece- I'm not necessarily saying that to stay away from that danger, that you have to fill your mind constantly. Because I believe that once you're saved and set free, and Jesus lives inside of you, he's going to protect you from all the dangers that can happen in the world. So like, so like, as long as you believe that you're in Christ, you don't have to be actively thinking about something in order to protect yourself from something bad happening. Does that make sense? So we just have to believe and have faith that we're safe no matter if our thought process is while we're in contemplative prayer and meditation. If at some point we're not having active thoughts, that doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden open up to the demonic activity. Because I feel like sometimes the enemy actually wants to steal our peace by making us feel like if we're not constantly thinking about something, when we spend this time in con- contemplation, then, then we can't actually experience that kind of peace when you just simply rest in the presence of the Lord. You don't have to actively engage in that moment. You don't have to make yourself focus on the Lord. The whole point is that when you're doing this, resting in this contemplative prayer, you're just allowing God to be God. And that's why it says, be still and know that he is God. That's it. You're not thinking anything necessarily. You're knowing, right? When you know something, you're not always thinking about it, right? You just know it. You just know it. And so, so you can start in contemplative prayer by thinking about something, by thinking about, you know, love or God or, you know, if you need kind of a help refocusing from your wandering thoughts on just the goodness of God, 
But if you find at some point that you're entering a, a place of peace where you can't remember if you thought about anything in particular for the past minute, that doesn't mean that you're in a bad place and that you're going to be opened up to demonic activity and all those things that happen on the bad side of meditation, like with transcendental meditation and all the weirdness that they get into. Does that make sense? So I really want to give you guys permission to rest in the presence of the Lord. And I really want, like, and I want to stress to you the importance of it, that actually waiting on the Lord and not actively doing anything is so good for you. It is so good for you. That, it, that the reason why it's in the Bible, be still and know that he is God, is because it's so, it's so good for you. And there's something that waiting on the Lord without actively praying about anything or even necessarily stirring up your mental thoughts about God, not necessarily even thinking about his robes and how beautiful they are or his feet and how beautiful they are. You can think about those things and those are all beautiful forms of meditation. But this meditation is just it can start with something like that, but allowing it to actually, it, could, it, can, it can bring you to a place of complete rest, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? So you can pray if you're concerned. You can pray that God would keep you safe from anything that would come, but it is just a worked wonders for me personally in my life to actually just not think intentionally about something or to start thinking intentionally about something, but just allow that complete rest to just come up on my mind. It just refreshes me like in a way I can't explain it. And I know that it's God because his presence comes. And I know his presence so well. And I know that that's him. And I know that he's penetrating every ounce of my body that even though I'm not necessarily thinking anything, I'm just being in his presence. Because we were created just to be in his presence and to not have to do anything. Everything that we do comes out of a place of being. And when you're just being in his presence and just receiving from him and you're not actively engaging, actually some of the other versions of this specific verse, um, be still, it actually says cease striving and know that he is God. So there's that striving aspect of our hearts. It's like, I got to work something up in this place. I got to think something a certain way. I got to repeat this verse over and over and over in my head, which are all good things, but you don't have to do that sometimes. It's just having that permission to where you can just be with God and allow him to come. And sometimes he will bring thoughts to your mind of, oh yeah, I do need to email so-and-so and I need to you know, fix this and do that and whatever it is, he's reminding you of those things. And, and a lot of times I find in that place, God's reminding me of things that I forgot that I actually need to do that are actually important. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like, that's so helpful, you know? And so you just draw it down and then you let it go. But in terms of the practical I'll get a little bit more into that later, but I just wanted to talk about the importance and the biblical reality of just being still and knowing and just ceasing striving and knowing because it will just transform your life as it has transformed mine and transformed so many people. And you might already do this. Like I said, if you do, just take this as a reminder and just to check up. Are you doing this? Are you, are you, are you taking this time? Because it is just, there's nothing like it in the whole world. There's nothing like it. Um, in Psalm 39, verse 3, you don't have to turn there either. It just says, my heart became hot within me. As I mused, the fire burned. 
And that was, uh, in, in context, he's wanting to say something and he didn't say anything. And as he mused, the fire burned. So as he thought, the fire burned. And sometimes I can feel there's, there's um, this fire, the Holy Spirit burning inside of me. And as you sit in this place of prayer, sometimes you can just feel this intense fire in your spirit, in your belly, or in just, or just in your whole body. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're just like, and I'll just feel so filled up. I'm like, and I get all this energy. And a lot of times in this place of contemplation, um, powerful prayer will come out of it there or powerful words of knowledge or different things will come, but you're not doing anything to make it happen. So one of the, one of the things that's happened to me a lot when I spend this time in prayer is that is I'll be waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And all of a sudden I'll start to feel his presence. So in terms of the practical getting there, um, there's a lot of things you can say, but this is kind of like a beginner, like just like a, uh, introduction to it. But you can start with thinking about a word. You can start with thinking about love. You can start with thinking about God. You can start with thinking about his beautiful feet, that kind of thing. But then just allowing your mind to just rest in a sense of if other thoughts come, like thoughts about anything at all, like you heard a sound over there and you're wondering what it is or whatever it is, um, the way that a contemplative that I used to uh, learn uh, teach me sometimes when I interned for Lou Engel um, her name was Susan Berglund. She, the way she would put it, I loved. She said, you let the thoughts, just like if you're a rock and the thoughts are a river, you just let the thoughts kind of flow over. So, so it's like you're just, oh, thinking that thought. Okay, there it goes. And you're not holding on to it, thinking about it, but you're also not resisting it like, no thoughts, you know, because we're not trying to just like, no thoughts, you know, because that's also a lot of work. Okay, no, don't think about that. Oh, now I'm thinking about not thinking about things. Oh, now I'm thinking about how I'm not thinking about how I'm thinking about things. And it's just that cycle of, ah, you know, so you just let the thought just kind of flow over. Okay, I had that thought and you just kind of, and oh, I had that thought. And I'm telling you, if you wait just a little while, it will get better. The thoughts will get not as like intense, pressing on your mind. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to get up right now. Why are you wasting time? And you just say, shut up. No, this is important. <laughs> this is very important. Stop telling me to get up. Whatever you are, go away. You know, like, it's like this, 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 um, almost, it's almost like a battle sometimes to just sit still, right? Especially if you haven't been doing it for a while. You get out of that practice, and, and then all of a sudden you, you, get, you get back into it, and you're like, whoa, this is not as easy as it was before. And so you kind of press through that a little bit. But that's just one of the little nuggets she shared about just being like a rock and just letting the thoughts kind of float over. And you want to start by, of course, thinking about God and extending your heart toward him in worship. But you're not like... Um, necessarily putting forth a lot of energy was my point. So it's not that you're like not thinking about anything, you know, start thinking about how he's good or how you love him and or how he's God. And, and that's actually how it started for me. And, and so I'll just kind of go into a little bit about my personal testimony with it, but that's kind of how it started with me was somebody told me about this and I was like, huh? I was like, what, what, what is this? Like, how do I start this? Like, what do you do? And the first way that I started practicing it was I just, uh, it's so funny, I remember I was at IHOP at the One Thing Conference. Have you guys heard of the One Thing Conference? Yeah. So I'm at IHOP, I'm at the One Thing Conference, and I remember that was like, 
I had this hunger for something more. It's like, you guys know what it's like to like, you're living your life day by day and you're with the Lord and you're going to church and you're doing what you feel like he's called you to do, but there's still this like, oh, but there's something else. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm walking around with that kind of like, still really hungry, but I don't know what for. And I'm just like, oh, and then I'm finally, I'm like, oh, I just have to do this. Like they told me this is something I could practice. So I'll go try to do it. So I go, I remember there was this trash can and an IHOP that was just like one of the, you know, 80 bazillion trash cans they have. And I seriously remember sitting beside it in like a little, like I put my knees up and I was in this little crunch like position. And I was like, I'm just going to do it right here. Cause I need it right now. I need something, you know? And So I sat there and I started thinking and I just started thinking about the eternity of God. And this is such a good place to start if you're not sure where to start. But I just started thinking about the eternity of God, about how he always has been and always will be. So I'm thinking, whoa, that's like forever. And I'm like, he always has been, he always will be. And then I'd get another thought and I would think, oh, wow, God always has been, always will be. And so I would let the thought pass, whatever it was, and then I would think that again, right? So I would start training myself just to think about the eternity of God. That's forever. And I'm like, how far does that go? And I try to even chase that line into the future forever. Whoa, like forever, or all the way into the past. He was always there. How far does that go? And I would just, whoa, you know, you just stay right there. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, it's so funny, but it's true. Like, I'm just thinking so forever, forever. And so I think about it again, you know, as my thoughts are trying to trail off, I'm like, no, forever. And I'm like, forever, whoa. And so I get lost in that, and I started feeling this peace come. And I was like, wow. You know, and I don't, I don't understand it, but just because I was just focusing in on this, like, aspect of God and then just kind of letting all the thoughts of life that feel like this sometimes. It's like every, everything's running 80 miles a minute, and you're like, did I do this? Did I do this? Got to do this, Kim? And it's just like you kind of go, and you just slowly bring it back down. And as you start with it, it starts where your thoughts are just like this. And you're still like, ah, how am I ever going to get a handle on this? This is crazy. And so it's all up here. And then you just... Start spending that time where you think about something like eternity, and slowly but surely, it'll, it'll slowly, your thoughts will slowly slow down, and you'll slowly start, it's just not as crazy as it was before, and it's not necessarily that you're just like in this complete place of rest, it takes practice, you know, it's a, I think it's a really beautiful thing to actually practice this, and I think the uh, devil's been trying to steal this from the church because he calls it evil and demonic and all this stuff when really this is a peace, a place of peace that we can walk in that, you know, and it's kind of, it's a discipline that we can actually do um, that will actually increase our peace. And so we don't want to let the enemy take it because the enemy twisted and has a perverted version. We don't want to say, okay, well then it's all yours. We can't have it, you know, like anything to do with it. We don't want to do that. So Anyway, so I'm at IHOP. I had that experience where I'm thinking about eternity, and I start to feel this sweet presence, and I'm like, wow, this is neat. So then that same, I believe it was that same time that we had the one thing, it was like that that same conference where I practiced that, that Mike Bickle, um, at the end of the conference, prayed for the baptism of fire, and I had never, uh, as far as I know, really experienced the the Holy Spirit in a real powerful way at this point, and... um, he prayed for that, and I just prayed. I'm like, God, I'm like, if, 
you know, whoever in this room needs this the most, let them feel your presence. Because I wasn't sure who, and I really meant it selflessly, like, like whoever really needs it. And, and, then, and then, boom, I got it. And I was like, sweet. I was like, I must have needed it the most. And I, like, <laughs> and I really meant it, not like, oh, I don't need it. Just like, really, like, for God to minister to the most hungry people in the room was like my prayer, you know? And I, and it, I felt like it was almost like, because I was ready, like, just willing for God to do, touch whoever, then he touched me. It was like, so cool. So I just felt in that moment, what I felt like is I just, it was the first time I kind of felt the presence of God and it felt like eternity. And I was like, it was so, it's so hard to explain, but it was like the first time I tangibly felt eternity. It was like, like it was like I could feel the timelessness of God, and I felt like I was raised up to this place of eternity, and like almost like I was like floating, and just like whoa, eternity. It was such a neat experience, and I had never experienced. It. And that was like my first in- encounter with Holy Spirit was like this, ex- you know, feeling of eternity, and I was like, wow, never felt that before. And then it went away, and I was like, that was crazy, you know, <laughs> never had anything like that. But that was kind of how this little contemplation journey started. And then I was in the house of prayer. And if you guys know the house of prayers, 24 seven prayer and worship, it just goes on and on and on. And that's all they do. And they've been doing it for like 15, 16 years, 17 years now, 17 years now, nonstop prayer and worship live with musicians just going strong in Kansas city. It's amazing. And so I would sit in that house of prayer, and they would be, like, singing the word, right? And so you can do this with, with, with uh, the Bible in the background if you're concerned about anything at all. Just have the, the spoken, like, the sung word or the spoken word just going on in the background while you wait on the Lord. Um, but I would just sit there and meditate and just, just sit there. And you don't have to sit any kind of way. I think it's important to sit kind of in a comfortable position so that you don't get really uncomfortable and have to keep moving, but just sit in a kind of a comfortable uh, chair. But I had to make sure that I didn't sit too comfortably because I would fall asleep so easily because I fall asleep really easily. So if you're like me and you fall asleep really easily and you don't want to fall asleep every single time you try this, because that's what would happen if I got too comfortable, I would fall asleep every time. Then make sure your chair isn't quite that comfortable, (laughs) but comfortable enough where it doesn't poke you in the back or something, right? So I'm spending time with God in the prayer room, and I start feeling his presence just on the side of my face, and I thought at first that it was like a light. It was like just shining, you know, and I'm like, is that a bright light in here? Like, I don't know if that's the light, or what is that? And then it just kept getting stronger and stronger, but it felt like this bright light just shining on my face. I'm like, what is that? And and I didn't realize till later that it was the presence of God that I was starting to feel, and then the warmth just kind of started slowly being more of my body. And instead of just on the side of my face, I could feel it on my whole kind of left side of my body and eventually like throughout my, my whole body. And that's how I really started encountering the Lord. But whenever I would spend that time waiting on him and just meditating, just sitting, just being, not praying anything in particular, not repeating phrases in my mind, not doing anything necessarily, whenever I would sit and take that time, I would be so refreshed says, wait on the Lord and he'll renew your strength. And I'm telling you, he renews your strength in that moment because you're acknowledging that he is God. When you do nothing, when you be still and know that he is God, you're acknowledging that his power is in control, 
that you can't do anything out of yourself and you're, you're, you're becoming that living testimony of he, his power, his authority, his grace, his kingdom, his dominion is the only reason why we can do anything. And so it's a complete place of dependence. You're pretty much saying, I can't even say anything right now. I can't do anything. I just need you right now, God. I can't even think intentionally right now. I just need you to come. And so you just wait for him to come. It's just that sweet place of waiting. And I tell you, he comes. And at first, you might want to start with five minutes, like just five minutes, because it can be like kind of intense if you're not used to doing it or if you haven't done it for a while. So you just start with five minutes of just waiting on God. And I, I want to challenge you guys this week to try five minutes to 10 minutes, maybe three times this week. And I want to challenge you to put it in your schedule, to actually make a time and make it happen. And I'm going to ask you guys next week if you guys did it. And if you didn't, I'm going to ask you again to do it. And then I'm going to ask it because I really feel like it's so important. And when I spend that time with the Lord. So Sorry, get back to my story. So then I'm waiting on God and experiencing that. So then I started getting to the point where I could feel every time I was spending that time just waiting on God, not striving, not doing anything, that I was actually getting filled up like a gas tank. It was like my actual gas tank was getting full. And I'd be like, I'd come out of it like just so strong. My emotions felt better. My, like, my mental state, just so full of joy. Like the spiritual fruit was so strong. I was like, this is awesome. So I'd be all filled up. But then I could start to feel when I was starting to feel a little drained and I really just needed more of God. It was like my God tank was getting empty. I'm like, oh no, I got to refill the God tank. And it was seriously, and, and so I got to the point where I could feel like a spiritual addiction and not in a bad way because it's good to be addicted to God because we actually should be because we are we're dependent upon him 100%, right? So I get it, like addicted to it and I'm like, oh, I, and I would seriously like, if I was in a room of a crowd of people and I just really needed like the Lord and I felt my God tank getting empty, I would look for any closet anywhere and just run into it. And I would go in the closet and I would find a chair and I would sit and I would wait and I would start to feel his presence, start to feel his presence. And then it increased and increased to the point where I could feel that he was finished with what he was doing right then. It was like, okay, yeah. I'm ready to go. I got, I got my God fix. <laughs> you know, I went in the closet and got my God fix. I needed that. And I could feel it. And then I would start to get drained again. And I could feel it. And I'd be like, oh, I need it. I need it. I'd be like, where's the closet? I need it. And I would seriously, like, just have to. And I spent, like, seriously, the weirdest closets I have been in. Like, I mean, janitor closets that stink like chemical, but I don't care because, you know, and I'm just sitting on the floor because there's no chair, but I don't care because I need God so much. And, and I'm telling you, it will start this cycle where you're like, I actually need this to live. It's actually my breath. His presence should be our breath. That we actually need his presence like we need breath. And, 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 and I haven't been, like, as addicted to his presence as I have been in the past. I'm still addicted to it, but not like I, like I feel like at one point I was more addicted to his presence. So I want to get even further back in that place. So getting ready for this message and stuff was such a good reminder. I'm like, yes, like, I got to get re-addicted, you know, <laughs> in a good way, in a really good way. But I'm telling you, like, it's so, 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 been so good for my life. And, and, and the thing is, too, what I can tell you is, you know, 
Like the difference between a person who has a lot of anxious thoughts and they're thinking about, oh no, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if, and there's just always thoughts or, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, like that. And then somebody who's just like, everything's cool. You know, it's like the difference between that and that what happened when I would spend this time with the Lord. It was like, and, and it made it to the point where before I would have all these kind of anxious thoughts and just any kind of thoughts, just kind of always buzzing. But when I started spending this time with the Lord, that sweet place of peace and rest in my mind actually continued throughout my life. It's like when I was no longer in that place of meditation, I was still in that place of meditation. It's like I could still feel this mental peace and it's like you're sober. You're totally, you know, ready to go and ready on fire. But you can feel that you're, you're not just like, it's like you're just at rest. And it actually creates a place of mental rest in your mind. It's, it's, it's just amazing. And I was so glad that, I, that somebody told me about this because it's helped me so much in my life. Whoa. Oh, and then while you're spending, in that, spending that time in, this, in contemplation... Sometimes he'll give you an impression, and a lot of times what would happen to me is I would start to fall asleep, because I do that a lot when I'm doing this, I'm more, you know, it's just the way it is, you get tired and you just fall asleep, which is okay, you know, you don't have to feel bad, because you just needed sleep and that's okay, right? But what would happen is I'd spend that time with the Lord, and I'd feel his presence, and I'd feel his presence, and slowly, I'd fall asleep, and then boom, I'd wake up, and I'd, I would know something. I would know that so-and-so needed prayer for something specific. Or, or I would know, like, one time I was spending this time, I actually was on a silent fast. I did 21 days without talking, I think it was, or 19 days. It was crazy. And I had carried around, the, I know, it's crazy. I was like a little monk, but not a, in a monastery. <laughs> or a nun. And I carried around this uh, uh, whiteboard, and I seriously talked to people like it, and I didn't talk to anybody for like 19 days. But in the midst of that, I was spending time with the Lord. At this time, I was spending about two hours just waiting on God, like literally just sitting there about two hours a day doing nothing. And it was, and, and, and during that time, it was just amazing. I could feel his presence so strong, and I just, he was using me in these powerful ways. And I, I remember one time I spent that time with the Lord. I had this, like you, if you get addicted to God like this, you will find special secret places. And these are your special secret place. And I had one at Morningstar Ministries where you could go upstairs into what was called the war room. And they used it for prayer, but it wasn't, it was open like almost all the time. It was like, there's barely anybody there. And I just left, because they actually had comfy chairs. And I would just retreat there and nobody would bother me for hours. It was like, but they didn't even really know I was there. And I would kind of, I would sign in and, and you know, and, and, and it was just like, you know, my little place. But you'll find these little places you know, with the Lord where you just want to get away with them and you just, and you sit and be. And so, um, so yeah, I would have that where I would kind of start to fall asleep, you know, and I'd wake up with an impression or sometimes I would just all of a sudden see a vision. And during that silent fast, when I was just, I wasn't talking and I was, I was fasting at the time too, I think, but, um, I was waiting on the Lord and, uh, God told me that someone's uncle or something was fighting a spirit of cancer. I was like, what? It's like, this is crazy. So I shared that at this little small group that I was in at the time with them. I said, you know, is your uncle fighting cancer or whatever? And they're like, oh yeah, the doctor just 
just found a tumor in their knee or something. I can't, not their knee, I don't know where. Just found a little tumor somewhere. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, it was crazy because it was totally a word of knowledge. And so I was like, well, we got to pray into that. So we prayed, and then they went back to the doctor and found that it wasn't uh, malignant. It was benign. So, or something. And so it was something so powerful where, like, I wouldn't have known that 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 person had cancer, and I believe that God stopped it from becoming uh, a big deal. They could just take it out surgically, you know, whereas if God didn't show me and we didn't pray, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe he would have told somebody else, you know, he's a mystery, but, but it's just neat. So it was in that place where I got a word of knowledge like that and, or I'd come out of it and I'd be so filled with the presence. I would just like put my hand on somebody and I could feel this in the same exact, this, you know, the same exact feeling I was saying where I was feeling like I was getting filled up like a gas tank. It's like, you feel like you're actually getting filled up. I would feel that same exact presence almost like coming out of me. You know what I mean? And I still feel that sometimes, but when I'm more addicted to his presence, I can feel it even more. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to get even more addicted to his presence. So different ways that God can speak to you while you're waiting on the Lord. Let's see. And so again, I just want to, um, oh, and sometimes, the last thing, sometimes he would just come out and, and I'd be waiting on the Lord for about two hours. Sometimes this might happen for you. You're waiting on the Lord, doing nothing, just resting. And all of a sudden, you guys might have experienced this before, but Holy Spirit starts stirring in such a way you're like, whoa, what is this? What is this? And all of a sudden it's like, and like crazy fire tongues out of nowhere. And I'm just like, and I would just like, and I'm like, pray, 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 pray. And I don't have any idea what I'm praying for, but I am praying. You know, sugar, blah, blah, blah. and I don't know. And then I, I thought, okay, that's a release, you know, and I, I did it, you know, but it would be for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. I'd be cr- praying in these like fire tongues, and it just came out of that place. You're just like, and then it's like, you know, and it just came out. It was like what God had just been filling into me. And I'm telling you, if you've been struggling with prayer or just feeling the urge to pray or wanting to pray for things, if you've been struggling with that and like, I don't even want to pray, start by doing nothing. Because then you will want to do something. I'm telling you, it's what builds in you the desire to do something. It's like, you can't even have desire for God without him putting it inside of you. So you taking that time and saying, I am not doing anything right now but just waiting on you. And then he comes and gives you desire. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm a crazy on fire Christian. And you didn't do anything but wait on him to come and make you a crazy on fire Christian. Like that's all, all we have. You know, it's, like, it's so awesome. Like I just love the kingdom because... You know, and, and just to confirm that, when the boldness came on people, it was, it was the Holy Spirit fell on them in Acts 2, right? So he falls on them. They speak in all these crazy tongues, and then they're like, Whoa, I got to go tell people about Jesus. 3,000 people saved because the Holy Spirit fell, right? It wasn't them, like, trudging through the ditches, oh, working hard, you know? They just, like get totally filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they can't help but share the gospel. It's this actual boldness came upon them. It's actual boldness to be his witnesses. We can't do it without that boldness. We can't do it. We don't even want to. We just want to sit at home and drink a latte because it sounds way better. (laughs) But when the Holy Spirit boldness comes upon you, you're like, I want to preach the gospel. I want to pray. I want to 
read my Bible. I want to live for him. It's like he puts that desire in you. So if you haven't been having that desire in you lately and you've been feeling kind of like, I feel stagnant, but I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, do nothing. Do nothing. It's one of my, my favorite messages. This is why I love this. I love to tell people, don't do anything. And then you'll do everything because that's just the truth. It's the inside, outside, upside down kingdom. As Misty Edwards said. Okay, so I just want to... Oh, it's 4 o'clock. Wow, I preach a lot longer than usual. Um, <laughs> I want to play a song to kind of just put this in your heart to where you remember it. Because this song, seriously, it wrecks me every time. I listened to it this morning and I was like... Oh. Like, it's <laughs> so good. Because <laughs> it just reminds me that I need God. And I can't do anything for him. And that whole point, that he never really, he just wants us to be with him. That's his whole heart for us. So if you just want to make yourself comfortable um, and just uh, close your eyes. This is, it could be somewhat of a contemplative prayer, but you'd probably be really listening to the lyrics and stuff because it's like really, that's what's so powerful. But just go ahead and make yourself comfortable. And we'll just listen to this song. Uh, I'll tell you after. Give me one second. I'm going to start it over.
I just love that because it's like the gospel 101. He just wants to be with you. That's it. It's the whole reason why Jesus died. The whole reason why. You guys just be blessed with that and spend that time just being with him this week. Make that time available however you can. Five or ten minutes. 
maybe three times this week. And if you've already been doing it, awesome. That's awesome. But we'll see you next week. Be filled and do nothing. Amen.